Restore us, O God of hosts. Show us the light of your countenance, and we shall be saved. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, good morning to everyone. Good to see you all here. And um, as we dive into the scriptures uh, today, we will notice that there is um, sort of a, a dichotomy in the, the presentation that we have. There is the single uh, first person of, of Paul and his triumphant uh, statements there in his letter to the Philippians where he talks about who he was and how that no longer matters to him, but he is now a new person. And he gives that, as I say, that, that triumphant shout there at the very end where he says, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. It's a lovely passage. I love that. The way he sort of rises up to that. You know, if, if you hear it, it's sort of a rhetorical sense of, of him saying this and, and preaching this and reminding us that he does not have it all together yet, as we do not have it all together yet. But he is straining forward for it. He is pressing on towards that goal. He, individually, first person. Our other scriptures there, there is a collective sensibility and a theme that runs through those scriptures. Isaiah sings a love song that is extolling the work of his beloved, but he is speaking to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the people of Judah. Jesus' parable points to a failure of collective leadership and a prediction that the kingdom of God will be taken from them and given to a people. A people, mind you, not given to a person. The kingdom will be given to a people that produces the fruits of the kingdom. And then there is the prayer of the psalmist. Restore us, O God of hosts. Show us the light of your countenance, and we shall be saved. Again, this is not a plea for personal salvation. This is a plea for the collective, for the people, for God's 21st century vineyard. And so today I want to make a plea for the world. And I want to talk about us and the essential role that we play as stewards of God's creation and faithful members of his family. For the old Proverb says, it takes a village. It takes a village, and you are the village. The scriptures bring us heartbreak and dismay. There are broken promises as well as broken walls. Isaiah's beloved expected his vineyard to produce grapes that were good and useful and not wild and of no use. He expected justice, but saw bloodshed. He expected righteousness, but heard a cry. This is words from 800 BC, somewhere in there. But can we not say that today, in our own time, the cry that is heard rises up from Palestine and from Israel. The cry rises up from Sudan and Ukraine from the perilous Darien Gap in Panama, 
and the cities and towns of our own country. There are cries for justice and for righteousness, for peace and not bloodshed. Restore us, O God of hosts, says the psalmist, remembering a time of prosperity and security, a time when he did not feel abandoned by God. Restore us. But something went wrong. As our right one prayer of confession says, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. And again, this is not a, a personal confession. We cannot pass ourselves on the back with our good works and go on our merry way and exempt ourselves from the world's cares. All of God's house confesses its collective sins and broken promises. For we, we are all in this together. In the gospel, Jesus says that the landowner leased his vineyard to the tenants. Now, I don't know about you, but as far as I know, a lease is, is an agreement between two parties. There's a, a deal. There's, there's a promise. There's an, an expectation of how things will turn out. In this case, that the harvest will be handed over as promised. But that doesn't happen. And disaster follows. The parable ends with rejection and a broken relationship. And the passage ends with whispers of conspiracy and the desire to arrest the man from Nazareth as he stands in the temple and challenges the authorities. But they feared the crowds because they regarded him as a prophet. And what did he bring, this prophet from Nazareth, this embodied response to the psalmist's plea? Did he not bring us restoration, a way to make us whole, a way that demands that we, like flowers turning towards the sun, turn our souls to God, who wants to bring us into his kingdom. And how is it that we should respond? The passage there in the gospel says, by producing the fruits of the kingdom. And what are they? If you recall a presentation by the vestry members a, a few weeks ago, they, already, they told us what are the fruits of the kingdom. They said there in the chapter of uh, Paul's letter to Galatians, the fifth chapter, it lays out what is the fruit of the Spirit, what is the fruit of the kingdom. It is love, it is joy, it is peace and kindness, generosity, it is faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the fruit of the kingdom. It is not anger and quarrels. It is not missiles and gunfire and unabated sorrow. Restore us, O God of hosts. Show us the light of your countenance. Save us from the temptings of our warring hearts and help us to lay aside the sins that cling so closely to our souls. This is not an empty prayer and is born of some sort of lukewarm piety or just the recitation of the Psalms and the daily office. No, this is a prayer that is powered by the fullness of Jesus Christ. 
and is infused by the fullness and faith and mercies of God who accepts our confession and offers our forgiveness. Restore us, we pray, Lord God of hosts. Renew us to continue the good work that we have begun to repair the broken relationships between ourselves, our world, and our sister churches. It's like the reconciliation work that is going on with St. Philip's. Restoration is the prayer. Restoration is the hope. Restoration that we continue our witness in the ministry that we have to let the world know and let ourselves know that we, again, we are a people who hear the cry of the afflicted and we respond with God's healing love. This is our prayer. As I said, Paul's great talking about himself, but the scriptures invite us to consider our collective sensibilities and our collective responsibilities. Our prayer, the prayer of God's people, but especially and most directly, the prayer of us, the body of Christ. Restore us, Lord God of hosts. Empower us and renew us to repair the brokenness of our world. May the prayer always be on our lips and may it be lived out, brothers and sisters, in our lives. Amen.